Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Live from the Richmond recording room, it is our Detroit Lions training camp recap day two. Uh, my name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the producer of Pride of Detroit. With me as always, Eric Schlitt, the managing editor. Eric, how are we doing? Is my audible size loud enough to be picked up by the mic when you say Reisman recording room every single time? I hope so. I hope so as well. Uh, beyond that, uh, I'm a little bit somber yeah. because uh, we got a couple of bad news uh, or news reports, I guess, out of uh, Allen Park today. Yep. And uh, your hopeful things are good. And right now we're just speculating, I guess, and trying not to over speculate. Right. But there were uh, there were a couple of injuries that have uh, our attention. Yeah. Let's let's jump right into it. Uh, obviously, the big one of the day, CJ Gardner Johnson goes down. Early in practice during uh, an 11 on 11, on 11 drill, uh, was blocking and or not blocking, run defending um, early and and collapsed, holding his right knee. Was not able to put any sort of pressure on it. Stayed down for several minutes. Carted off. Did not take a step with that knee. Did not look particularly good. Again, we're not going to speculate beyond that. We're just going to report what we report. But just did not look good. And yeah, uh, it sucked kind of the energy out of the. The, the practice, not the rest of the way, but at least for the next, you know, 10 minutes of practice. Yeah, he he was noticeably uncomfortable and they weren't going to risk anything by trying to, I think, by, by trying to have him test any pressure or anything like that. Um, he, it's, it's really way too early for us to like even project what it might be because it could be a variety of different things. It could be his kneecap. It could be his hamstring. It could be his ACL. It could be a variety of different things, and we just don't know. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the range of injury, the length of injury could be anywhere from, like, a couple of weeks to, like, the season to who knows. And so right now I think the only thing we can do is say it's a terrible uh, outcome, I guess, or a potentially terrible, I guess I should say. And... Um, the Lions are going to have to adjust, and that likely means more of Brian Branch. It also probably means that uh, Will Harris is going to get uh, shifts, uh, you know, snaps not just outside but inside the slot as well. Remember, he took a majority of his snaps in the slot last year, and he has that kind of safety uh, nickel outside corner hybrid capabilities to him. It's just not, you know, it's just he's just not as fluid during the game as, as Gardner Johnson is, and so. You're going to lose some leadership. You're going to lose some uh, positional flexibility if he is out for an extended period of time. Uh, but they do have a couple of uh, options behind him. Yeah, and it might be more Tracy Walker. Not that Tracy Walker wasn't sure. going to be a starter, but even in this practice, you know, before the injury happened, we were noting that like there were some formations where it was C.J. Gardner at safety alongside Kirby Joseph, and it was it was um, Tracy on the side. And, right. and remember, this is a big year for Tracy. He's coming off a, a pretty serious injury of his own, and, and so there, there's going to be maybe more of a heavy lean on him. He he's obviously also going to kind of have to take in some of that leadership role if it is a long term injury, right? That's mm-hmm. that's kind of 
the feeling that, you know, we talked to Taylor Decker after practice, like, like he was an emotional part of that defense. He was a loud part of that defense. We know there are other people in that secondary that are capable of doing that, but now they, now it could really be on them if, again, if this is a serious injury. Um, I think we can move on from that. We're, I think at this point we're just kind of wait and see, crossing yep. our fingers, hoping this isn't a serious injury. Um, it's worth noting there was another injury that, that didn't go as reported on um, Jameson Williams. Literally the, the very first play of an 11-on-11s, 11 he takes a reverse and comes up kind of holding up his his thigh, his hammy, whatever. Um, did not practice the rest of practice, but he did not leave the field either. He had his helmet on. Didn't seem as serious of an injury. He was working with the trainer a little bit. Most of the practice after that, he was just kind of standing there with his helmet on. Almost looked like he was ready to go at some point, but just never made it back onto the field. Yeah, he he looked like the JMO of last year where he was holding the football <laughs> right. and, uh, and hanging out as close to the action as he possibly could be. Um, I wonder if they may have, like, allowed him to get back on the field. But the Gardner-Johnson stuff, when that happened, um, I don't think there was any way they were going to risk anything. Uh, it's yeah. so early in camp. He could be could have been fine, but, you know, at that point, you're not going to want to aggravate anything. So it's encouraging that he never left. And, um, again, it's going to be kind of a wait and th- see. Maybe he takes another practice off or maybe he's ready to go again tomorrow. All right. Let's move past the injuries. That's all that's there to report, really, mm. at this point. Um, the, the, other than, I guess, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Mosley, I should say, um, Dan Campbell revealed that he they're hopeful that he returns, I think, to the building is yeah. what he was trying to say by the end of the week. Yeah. Some people interpreted it as maybe returning to the field. I think that's a little bit less likely, but it uh, seems like maybe shorter term than, than maybe we were worried about. With Emmanuel mostly, but let's let's move our attention to, to some observations. Um, uh, yesterday we talked a lot about the defense. I think today we took a l- in a lot more observations from the offense. So mm-hmm. who are who are some of your standouts in, in Monday's practice? Well, I think the most notable thing. Um, Right off the bat was that Vitae was back in at starting right guard. And so I think we are anticipating this potential guard, you know, rotation, not not in practice rotation, but day to day rotation uh, between Graham and Vitae. So uh, (laughs) be careful with the words guard rotation. around here. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. Absolutely. I started getting twitchy there myself. (laughs) Um, But what we saw is um, we saw a, a. some good efficiency from the offense, I think, again. Yeah. Um, by my count, and, and I don't know if I saw every single throw that Jared Goff uh, attempted because we were either watching Gardner Johnson or, or whoever or whatnot, right? And so, but every throw that I saw uh, Goff make, he completed except for two. Uh, and they were ironically in the at the very end of practice. And um, one of them was a ball that was you know, back shoulder throw to Josh Reynolds, and Reynolds was in a in a great spot. He sh- should have been a completion, uh, but Cam Sutton just made a, a brilliant play. Yeah. He just outplayed um, the ball, or you know, uh, Josh Reynolds to the ball. He went up through the middle of his arms, you know, like you, the corners are taught. It was just really just like a textbook play. Uh, the other play was again another PBU there, where the ball was right on. Um, Sam Laporta's hands, and Tracy Walker just came over the top and kind of you know chopped it down yeah. and uh, chopped it right out of his uh, Laporta's hands. And so those were only the only two non-completions that I saw from Goff today. So it wasn't even that he was that he was inaccurate on them. It was just two really good defensive plays. So. The golf looks smooth. Um, well, and it's worth pointing out, yeah. the, the second play of 11-on-11s was that bomb to Khalif Raymond. 
beautifully blocked play yeah. where oh, Khalif, he was gone, gone, like, like yeah, split. Eight, yeah, it was the, no the two defenders of eight yards was, past everybody. Yeah, like it was not close. Um, I would say today was the best I've seen the offense this offseason. I think I think they yeah. beat the defense really for the first time that I can remember. Um, and and yeah, golf golf looks. You know, on it, he looks like he's kind of con- connected to everybody. He looks like they're on the same page, and and it's worth noting he he did that without what might be two of his top receivers in, in Marvin Jones and Jameson Williams out for the rest of the day, which is good news for Jared Goff, I would say. Laporta is really repping with the ones at this point, and and that's that's you know I think we've we kind of expected it because he had such a dominating spring, but. When Laporta and Brock Wright are, it's either it's one of those two guys. Every yeah. single time they start an eleven on eleven or a seven on seven, it's always the two of them. Um, and more often than not, it seems like it's Laporta, and he's just he's so dynamic. And I, I, I don't want us to overlook him because, um, you know, he he wasn't a first round pick, and we I think we kind of forget that, right? <laughs> like because he was on that fringe of being a first round pick, right? Sure. Um, but he has really integrated himself, and he's he made a, f- a couple more steady catches, and really where he, I think with the difference between him and the other uh, tight ends is when he catch- catches the ball, he's upfield quick, and he gets a lot of yak, and he and, and you saw that today. So just it looks easy for him right now, and uh, Jared Goff is having no issues finding him open. And I think it's worth noting just how early he's repping with the ones because I feel like the lines kind of go one or two ways. One of two ways with rookies. It's either like you get to this, like everyone starts with the twos and threes. That's just how it works. But once you get to training camp, it's like there's some people that are like, all right, we're going to continue to build you up from the twos and threes. And then there's like the the elite guys where where they're like, let's not play around. Mm -hmm. You're going to win this job. You're going to be a huge part. They they did it with Aiden last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've done it with other guys in the past. They know Sam Laporta is going to be a 1A or a 1B to this offense when it comes to the tight end position. So, um, yeah, it's worth noting that they they're not beating around the bush there. He's going to be a big part of this offense. Yeah, and it's like that with Gibbs too. Like with Gibbs, he's he's either 1A or 1B, depending on the, the formation that they come out in with with Montgomery. They're not messing around with him either. Yep. Um, what's interesting is he continues to get wide receiver reps when they are paired with the quarterback. So, like, in when they do individual drills and they're just doing, like, the, um, the wide receivers coaches are throwing the balls to the receivers, Gibbs is with the running back going through the running back drills. But when they switch over and they're catching passes from the yep. quarterbacks, uh, Gibbs shifts over and, and takes those passes. And he always takes a pass from Jared Goff. Like, they're very deliberate in how they uh, section their guys off, right? Yep. We saw, um, I even t- I mean, it's the expected guys. Like, they when they're putting them in the rotation, they're doing it specifically and deliberately. And it's not, you know, like, if you're out at camp, you'll see, like, when Jared Goff throws, it's typically going to be the one of the guys who's, like, your starters. Like, your St. Browns or your Gibbs or your uh, Josh Reynolds. Jameson, yep. Right? Um and then, like Laporta and sometimes Brock Wright are in that mix as well. But it's almost always the guys that seem like locks, uh, at least the skill players that are locks for the roster. Um, one other offensive guy that I think we need to talk to before maybe we do a couple observations on defense is Denzel Mims. Mm. Um, this kind of felt like a little bit of a breakout. Practice room. I know it's only, we're only two deep, but uh, <laughs> I would say he made a, a really positive impression. I, I missed some of the seven on seven catches he made, but even yeah. early on when they were doing individual drills, you could tell that guy has the speed. He made in, like a full extension catch as well, and um, and yeah, like I think I think maybe I undersold his chances at winning a roster spot because I think he made a really good 
day of practice today. Yeah, he had a he had a good catch in eleven on elevens, but seven on sevens he made two really good catches. Uh, the first one uh, lining up left, simple out, um, or uh, simple. I'm sorry, he lined up right, crossed over to the left side, just running like uh, towards the out to the outside sidelines, and um, when he opened up. Nate Sudfeld found him, but he really overthrew him, and he got his fingertips on the ball. I mean, like full extension fingertips on the ball, and he just he pulled it in. It was as impressive of a catch as uh, I think I've seen in the first two days of camp. Uh, the second time, he basically just uh, hugged the sidelines and then just beat his guy and and went vertical, and uh, he caught enough pass probably about like uh, I don't know, like thirty yards down the field and twenty five yards down the field, something like that. So uh, he he's he's winning in different ways. And uh, this was his first really introduction to the team stuff. And uh, he caught, I think, all three passes that I saw thrown his way. And, and two of them were really uh, emphatic. And we, we got to hear from Mims a little bit after practice uh, for the first time since the trade. And um, had some interesting things to say. Like, didn't shy away from feeling a little like, you could tell he felt a little miffed about what happened in New York. Uh, yeah. when, when asked if he had a chip on his shoulder, his he said two words. <laughs> Shit, yeah. Um, so he's certainly motivated. And the, the other thing that I found interesting from his press conference is that he said the first call I got after the trade was Jared Goff. We talked for 20 to 30 minutes about the playbook, about the scheme. And he, he even said, like, I feel pretty comfortable in the scheme right now. I feel mm-hmm. pretty good in with the playbook right now. And I asked him, you know, okay, what's the next step? And he says, well, then now i got to learn the nuances of the play, playbook. Now i got to learn all that. But, like, he seems to be putting in the work. We saw him stay extra uh, on Monday. Or, I'm yep. sorry, on Sunday. It feels like Monday. Um, <laughs> uh, on Sunday, was doing a little bit of extra work on uh, today on Monday as well before yep. he had his media session. So I would say the early impressions are, are good for yeah. Denzel Mims, which is, uh, I'll admit, a little bit of a surprise to me. He's he's really got that untapped potential. Yeah. Um, and I, I wrote about this when, when we did our 53 projection. Um, this was a guy in a deep 2020 class that I had as a top five receiver. Yeah. Um, he had first round potential for me. I think I had him as 31 on my board or something ridiculous like that. Um, and so he was he was high up there. He was yeah. at least a top 50 guy. Let's put it that way. Um, I liked him. I liked him enough that I thought the Lions should have targeted him. Uh, I haven't followed his career a ton, you know, beyond the the average you know fan from afar. But right. um, the, he's got all. The potential that you want. He's got he's got speed, ability, leaping ability. His hands showed up today, and uh, he showed that he can just outrun guys too. So you add those factors in, like Amon Ross said yesterday, when you have size, speed, and you know that gives you an automatic advantage as a receiver, and he, and he's got it. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we close things out, uh, maybe if you can give me one or two standouts on defense. I know we didn't touch a lot on mm. it, but we're going to have a lot of time to talk about these guys. So <laughs> who's a guy that, that stuck out to you one way or another on defense today? Well, we talked about the fact that um, Sutton had a PBU and Tracy Walker had a PBU, but Tracy Walker also had an interception today. He sure did. Uh, so Tracy, you know, he was around the ball quite a bit. Uh, when Gardner Johnson, with Gardner Johnson going down, um, he didn't. It didn't really phase him. I don't think. Like, I, like he got his interception not too long after that, and so um, Tracy showing that leadership, stepping up, uh, keep keeping things. You know, uh, keeping the intensity level up, keeping the people involved. Because they're, they're, when you see someone get hurt around you, and you start, if you start scaling off what you're doing, you are putting yourself in a position to get injured yourself. You can either tweak something because you're trying to gear down or you're not playing at the speed of your opponent and you put yourself in a bad spot. And so like 
these guys have to be able to like, yeah, it, it stinks. And yeah, like look, Jared Goff came over. Obviously, Bugs came over. Like a whole bunch of the right. secondary came over and checked on Gardner Johnson. But at the same time, you have to keep the intensity level up or you're risking yourself to yeah. injury as well. And so I thought Tracy did a good job of establishing that and keeping them going. Um, and then, like I said, got an interception and a, and a pass block, uh, pass breakup. Both after those after Garner Johnson's injury, and so uh, Tracy was the big one. The other guy that I just want to acknowledge was um, Branch. Also made a terrific oh, yeah. PBU, um, very similar to Tracy, coming over the top of the defender and and kind of chopping through the arms. Um, really nice technique and, and exactly what you're looking for. And if if he's getting a bigger role coming up, we're hoping to uh, hoping to see more of that. <laughs> Sorry about this background noise. We're we're trying to be in a soundproof room, but uh, but it, I, I will say before we get out of here, it's it's certainly notable that the two guys who stepped up in yeah. Gardner Johnson's absence is Tracy Walker and Brian Branch, two guys who yep. might they might have to rely on a little bit more. But again, we're going to keep our fingers crossed. We're going to kind of put some positive vibes out there. Hopefully, by the time you hear our voice again uh, tomorrow. We're bringing you some good news. But until then, we're going to leave day two of Lions training camp at that. Be sure to subscribe to us on all your podcasting platforms, and we will see you guys tomorrow. 